What is up, airheads? I'm filming this on Valentine's Day. Yes, so the last week's pod was about Valentine's Day. Today is Valentine's Day. And I don't know about you, but I had a really good day. <laughs> a really good day. I woke up to donuts and coffee. Then I got a box of chocolates. Then I went and got chocolate-covered strawberries. And now we're about to drink wine and watch a rom-com. It's kind of an ideal scenario, honestly. So, I'm obsessed. Um, I haven't had a good Valentine's Day like the past two years. So, today really marks a big change. <laughs> a big change. Um, better priorities, better standards, better everything, basically. So, today was wonderful. And I hope even if you're a single Pringle, even if you have an associate, even if you're married, even if you're whatever... I hope you had just as equally of a good Valentine's Day as I did. Um, even though it is a love-hate holiday, I'm currently wearing, I'm literally dressed head to toe in pink, a pink sweater, pink flare pants, pink socks with hearts on them. Um, yeah, I went balls to the wall with that. And, you know, that says a lot because I don't normally wear pink. But I wanted to get into this spirit. And so I think we all should, even if we don't all get a necessarily take advantage of all of the benefits of the holiday supposedly or whatever it's gonna be a good day and if not that it's gonna be a good pod because you know why ask and you shall receive airheads i do not have a co-host today mostly because it's a super busy week for apparently everyone and including myself so i'm filming this um love is blind just premiered last friday the 11th i believe that was the day it came out um when love is blind first came out it came out i believe february or january of 2020 um basically right on the cusp of COVID getting really serious and things getting shut down. A tradition between me and my beloved roommate was we watched every episode together. We saw each other's reactions. We talked about it all the time and it was just our everything at the time. Um, every night we looked forward to it. It was just a huge thing. And so obviously we were super excited for when this season of Love is Blind came out because the first season was so good. The concept was so new and I feel like kind of untouched territory in the sense of they really aren't seeing each other and it's also actually very realistic. You're getting people with realistic body types, with realistic faces, with realistic personalities. They're, they truly, it looks as though they're genuinely there for love. And that says a lot. Whereas like The Bachelor and Bachelorette, I feel like with the advent of social media, it's gotten kind of fake and a lot of people go on for fame, whatever that may be. But let's just hop right into it. Let's get into the recap of episode one of season two of Lib, Love is Blind. So I just want to start off by saying right off the bat, I noticed there was a, a great variety of people, probably even better than season one, in my opinion. I just thought you know, whether it be different ethnicities, different hair colors, different personalities. I just thought it was such a great variety of people. And I think the dynamic between each and every one of them is going to be truly something. Just in a, just a few initial notes as well regarding Love is Blind. I have to say that it's super scary 
to meet a ton of people and for them to meet you and to solely base it off of that person's voice. Like, I have a super ugly voice and I feel like everyone's done this where they listen back to their voicemails where they hear themselves on video and they just cringe because of how ugly they sound. I'm one of those people. I feel like I am only have a cute voice and that's when I'm ill, like completely ill, can barely talk and it's just like a squeaking sound. So, I have an ugly voice, and I feel like that would turn a lot of guys away from me, which makes me sad. (laughs) Not that I'd ever join the show, but if I ever did, or if that was the only way to meet people, I don't think it would be successful. Um, I will say, though, I do love how it's based on an emotional rather than physical connection, even though people are still shallow, which we'll get into later, but whatever. Um, I like the idea of liking someone for who they are regardless, and... I think that really formulates a foundation of trust, and you can see that throughout the show, that when they meet each other, they already trust one another because of what they've said in the pods, and they just, the physical is really not the first thing that they look at or care about because they already like you, and because I am a personality person, I've always been a personality person, um, ask any of my friends, (laughs) I'm not a looks person, Um, not that I date unattractive men, but it's just, I'm, I go for personality and I don't go for looks. Like, that doesn't really interest me, um, long-term at least. Even initially, I'm like, "Mm, okay, yeah, you're attractive, but are you funny? I don't know. So, I think, too, whenever I watch Love is Blind, like, even every episode, I'm like, would I do that? Would I do that? And would you do that? I don't know. Would I do that? I don't think I would, again, for the voice thing, and also, I'm not sure, and they do not address this, I don't think, I'm not sure how they all get time off for this, and it's the same way with The Bachelors. I'm not sure how long they're gone for, I know that initial pods is like seven days or something, and then you go to Mexico and whatever, Um, and you probably now have to quarantine now that I think about it, because this was filmed during COVID, if I'm not mistaken, but... I just don't know how people accrue that much annual leave. Are they all entrepreneurs? Like, all are they all self-made? Um, like, what are, what are they? Who are you? What do, what do you, what's your job? Because there's just no way I could do that. There's no way I could swing that. I would absolutely lose my job a thousand percent. So, I'm just curious as to how people do that. And if someone has an answer for me, please hit your girl up because I've been thinking about that for a hot minute. Um, I will say I think it's pretty cool how they switch cities. So, the first season was in Atlanta and this season is in Chicago because I was talking about it with my roommates and we were like, oh, it would be so cool if they had that in every city and it's not necessarily on TV, but that's how you meet people. So, basically blind dating but in pods, I guess. And it is a cool concept, but I do like how they change cities. We're getting a new atmosphere, new people, new place. And um, I think you can kind of tell in a weird way. I don't know how to explain that. But I definitely think it would be popular if people could like meet like they do in the pods on the show. I think that would go over very well. So I'm hoping that maybe one season they come to Denver because I think people would love that. I wouldn't do it, but I think other people would. Or even like a Love is Blind tour or a retreat that's, again, still not on TV, but it's a way for people to access 
people they wouldn't have met or otherwise and whatever, it would be a really great way for people to, again, organically meet, but in your city, like where you're located. Um, so yeah, I also think as I've watched this episode that I want to mention too, is I think it has to be really difficult and I think more difficult than other TV shows. And it's probably not, it's probably the same as other TV shows, but to hear other people talk about their connections with someone who you feel you have such a strong connection with yourself. I think that would be very difficult. Um, I'm not a naturally jealous person, but I could see that making me upset and or jealous. And, um, that's another reason why I don't think I would do it. I'm very against the idea of dating multiple people. Um, just because that would stress me out. (laughs) Not because there's necessarily anything wrong with it. It's just very stressful. Um, obviously there's something wrong with it if you're exclusive. And we'll get into that too. But anyways, I want to get into personalities. I saw a lot of goofiness, which I'm obsessed with. I think I just love it. I love when they're able to make each other laugh, really able to let that goofiness, childishness show through. And I think a lot of people did that for me. I just want to say like my initial reactions to each person. So Ayana, super cute. Her laugh does scare me though. Like, every time she would laugh, I would cringe a little bit because I was like, eh, no. It was kind of a long-winded laugh, too. Like, it wasn't just short and sweet. It was like, <laughs> I can't even mimic it. I can't. You'll have to watch it yourself, which, obviously, I would hope you're watching it if you're listening to this recap or else you will have no idea what I'm talking about. But, yeah, her laugh kind of scared me. And then she also mentioned that she looks like a 13-year-old boy. And I was like, bitch, no, you do not. She does not look like a 13-year-old boy. I mean, don't get me wrong. She's, like, cute and tiny. and She doesn't have, like, a lot of... She doesn't have a big chest or a big butt or anything. And she has this short hair. But she very much looks like a woman and a very attractive woman at that. So, I was like, girl, give yourself credit. You do not look like a 13-year-old boy. Um... And I think the show, like, started right off the bat with, like, very deeply personal questions, like, in the pods that we were witnessing. Um, for example, I can't remember who asked who, but I think it was Jarrett asked Ayana. He was like, are you close with your mom? And I don't know. Obviously, they're supposed to ask these questions to get to know each other super fast and get the connections going. So, I get that. I think I would just be a little bit thrown off, though, if someone just all of a sudden started asking me, like, super deep questions, unless you're a psychiatrist or a therapist. (laughs) So, that did throw me off. But going off of that, I think Jarrett is hot super hot. Um, I think he seems really social and fun, like a guy you could do anything with and be excited about anything with, and he'll be just as equally excited. Like, he matches your energy, and even more, he, I think he heightens energy, and his conversation flow was just astonishing, so I really give him, like, a 10 out of 10 right off the bat. I think he's gonna be good, and I think he's gonna be Again, I think they show us the important people in the beginning interviews. Like, those are the people that make it to the end or have some drama or whatever. Those are the people we see at the beginning. And I have a feeling that will be accurate. Um, Mallory. Something about her gives me pick-me energy. I don't know what it is. She seems like one of those girls who'd be like, I'm a guy's girl, and I or I'm only friends with guys. Like so that that's the vibe I get from her. Not that I think she's like some horrible person. Um, 
because I don't. I think she works at a nonprofit. So, like, amazing. But something about her, I'm just not sure about. And she also has this tick, which makes me so mad when watching her, is she repeatedly, like, touches and messes with her hair. And I'm like, ugh. Like, it just gets in her face a lot, which, okay, yeah. And But then she just, like, keeps messing with it and pushing it out. And I'm like, if it's bothering you, just put it back or middle part your hair or do something. I know that's nitpicky energy, but it was bothering me so much. I was like, please stop touching your fucking hair. Um, Salvador. I thought he had really good style. I think he's very suave, I guess. Very Latino, cute energy. I liked him until he was like, so he started to get weird. Like, for a second, he goes, I like crying. I don't know. I think it's weird when guys really try hard to be an empath. Like, they're trying to make it known that they're an empath or enjoy emoting. I think that's a little, little bit weird to me because, like, I do want you to be an empath. I do want you to show your emotion, but I don't want you to be... It's just... It's too much, in my opinion. And then... Yeah, so I don't know about that, Chief. But then he started to go into his opera singing, and then he started to literally actually sing, and that gave me the ick. But he also has massive ears. Nothing against him. Him and Kyle both have massive ears, and we'll get into Kyle. But I don't know. I just wasn't... He gave me the ick, and it was mostly because of the singing. Because guys who just whip out guitars or, like, start singing you songs when you meet is just cringe to me. So, he gave me the cringe pretty easily. Nick. Nick seems super casual, a little bit naive. I don't know what it is, but he seems like a little bit too giving. And maybe we'll see that later on because I think he's going to stay along for the show, but I don't know. Um, I love how he just sits on the floor. He's just kind of all over the place. But I also love that he was such a great listener. You could tell it right off the bat, specifically when he was talking to Danielle, who I love. I love this couple. I love him and Danielle. Um, and we'll just go into that as well. Danielle, her eyes. Oh, my God. What I would give to have eyes like hers. And I also really respected her for being able to open up about all of her insecurities, which in which then made Nick open up about his own similar insecurities, and their connection was so palpable. I, I wanted to cry. I was obsessed, and I did cry, um, because right at the beginning of the episode, like when they start talking to each other about their weight insecurities, I was like, these two are end game. Like I'm calling it now. I have very high hopes, and I think they're end game, and. Because they were already planning stuff to do together. They just seemed like they were going to be a, a, a very successful couple. And then he did the ring pop thing, which I thought was so cute and unique and fun and flirty. I really think they're the new Lauren and Cameron of season one. Like, there's season two Lauren and Cameron. They were just giving me everything. They were giving me all the feels. And that doesn't happen normally. Like, I don't normally get all the feels. But I was. Um, how Nick opened up about his own insecurities and his reaction and him crying and just seeing like, he just seems super empathetic, but genuinely empathetic. 
And the way he talks about her makes me melt. The cheesiness was not overpowering whatsoever, which I really appreciated. It was tasteful. It was personal. And I'm so obsessed with them. And I really hope that they are an endgame, endgame couple. Um, because it was everything. That was It was so freaking cute. Um, now on to Kyle. He seems like someone who would get into bar fights, and I think it's because he said he likes to get into fights or something. I don't know. He was just turning me off. Like, he was seems like a really big jokester, but his jokes aren't funny. Because you can't really tell if he's joking or not. Like, the, they aren't... It's, I wouldn't even call it dark and dry humor. Like, it's just not funny. So... I don't know. He just, uh, he didn't interest me that much. Trisha. Can we just talk about fucking bitch ass Trisha right now? I, I know why they had her on the show, but my God, that was so painful. It wasn't even entertaining at that point because you just got so sick of listening to her talk about herself. Truly, like she's so into herself, probably more than anyone I've seen like, openly, honestly talking about how they really feel about themselves. And it was scary. Like, it was eerily scary. And it made me extremely uncomfortable. Like, influencers scare me in general because they're already super into themselves and, like, all about their brand and all about them. And that's it. That's it. It's their world and we're just living in it. And that's truly what Trish Trisha thinks. Like, she thinks way too highly of herself. And she really needs to be put in her place. That's why I was really scared when she was talking to Nick initially. Because I was like, do not ruin this between Danielle and Nick. And luckily, Nick... That's why I think I said Nick was naive. Because I was like, oh, you're talking to Trisha? But Nick clearly knew better. Picked the right woman. So... Yeah, I respect him very much for that, and I just can't believe that we were witness to her conceitedness, and it, I can't even, I don't even know if I can call it conceitedness, it was more than that, it was worse than that, it was beyond, absolutely beyond, so hopefully that's the last we see of her, because I just can't seem to think that anyone would stick around for that, I think everyone, I would hope, is smarter than that, Now. Let's talk about Shake. First of all, his name is Shake. That just sounds... He just sounds like a douche. And it makes all the more sense that he's a DJ. It's per especially like a house DJ. He's a house DJ. Um, He's just... Douche is written all over his face, from what I'm seeing. And you can... And he proves himself to be a douche when he keeps asking women, like, what are your size? Like, do you like working out? Very asshat energy. Honestly, I was so grossed out by him. And it's truly no wonder he's single. Like, I don't know why he's questioning it. Like, it makes so much sense why why you're single. And, oh my god, I think I... I think I nearly died. Like, I had a brain aneurysm when he asked... I think it was... Um deeps he asked her would i have trouble picking you up like at a festival like this man deserves to be hit in the head with something hard and something long lasting because that i just i could not believe it who let this man in i mean again i get it like they want the drama they want the tv they want the entertainment but i mean he was just so offensive it my mouth was on the floor the entire time 
he also needs to be put in his place. Like, seriously. We didn't get to see, like, Habib talking to anyone, not that I know of, but he just looks like a big teddy bear, and I wish they were showing more of him. Speaking of the Silver Fox, I don't know if you guys have noticed him, because they, I think his name's Joey. They've literally, like, he's barely in it, um, but he is so freaking attractive, but they don't show him, and that's what pisses me off about the show, is that we don't get to see everyone. It makes me upset because I want to know about everyone. I want to see everyone's personalities. I want to see what's available. I want to see why these people aren't making it on television. Like, I know they have a certain amount of time they have to fulfill, but they could at least introduce everyone. I think that would really make the show better because there were so many worthy people who I feel like didn't get any airtime at all. Like, not even their name, and that was annoying to me. Um, But I love the Silver Fox. I love him, and I hope he makes more appearances. Okay, now going on to Natalie. I really like her. Um, She does seem, like, pretty picky in terms of clothes, and I think she has high expectations when it comes to just life in general. Um, But I don't think she has high expectations when it comes to men, if that makes sense. Like, she has high expectations with everything else, but not men. Um, I will say her grandparents' story had me in tears, like, how uh, how her grandparents act with one another. I thought that was really cute. And I started to really dig her and Shane. Shane seems like a jock, but a sweet jock. At least that was, like, my initial impression. Um, his one-liners were kind of basic. He kept saying, like, I love your vibe. I love your energy. Very millennial, very annoying. I was like, you you can be a little bit more creative than that. Um, I don't know. He was coming off a bit, like, motivational speakery, you know? He just was giving me that vibe. And then his laugh was just killing me because it's so ugly and it's so long-lasting. He sounds like an ogre laughing, like if Shrek laughed like that would be his laugh um he did own up to being like a dick or a tool but also having a kind heart and i was like you can't pick and choose like which one are you because people with kind hearts are quite literally not tools so i was like i don't know what he's trying to do here uh correlation does not equal causation for me um and i think he just seems like he's just after a lot of people, like, likes a lot of people, wants to have sex with a lot of people. He is the Barnett of this season, for sure. Um, definitely. I will say I also died. I died, and I felt so bad. I don't think I've ever felt so bad for a person when he called Natalie Shayna. Like, if that happened to me, I would have walked out right then and there. I don't know why she was processing so much. I think that was when she started to realize that he was having a lot of feelings for Shayna, and I think that's when it hit Natalie, and she was like, fuck, but why wouldn't you leave? Like, that's what I mean. She seems to have such high standards, but then stays around for some, for that type of bullshit. I don't know. That could not be me. I would have been so bothered and disgusted by it, I don't know. And they have distinct voices, so I'm not sure, like, what kind of crack he was on, um, it shouldn't have been a surprise. I don't know. It was very uncomfortable, and I felt really bad for her, but I was also like, bitch, dignity, like, leave, like, he, I don't know. It was really uncomfortable. 
I also just think that she's too good for Shane at the end of the day. I really I, I appreciate how she brings out his serious side and how he's open with her. And their conversations are sweet. But I think she's too good for him. And I think that's just a dumpster fire waiting to happen. He seems like a gaslighter and a totally, totally acting as though he was the victim when she was like, what the fuck? After he said someone else's name. He was like, why are you doing this to me right now? Like, why is this turning into a thing? And it's like, how would you feel? Like, put yourself in her shoes. What if she called you, like, Kyle or something? I don't know. I think he would have been completely pissed. He was treating her like an insane person. And that was really not sitting right with me. I fucking hate Gaslighter. So, I was over Shane in that minute. I liked him in the beginning. Then I was like, you're a fucking douchebag. Like, a total, utter douchebag. And I think we're going to see more of him, unfortunately. And that makes me upset. Totally. I'm very upset with him. And then Shayna, literally, the first thing I noticed about her is when she goes, differentiate. Like, she she meant to say differentiate, but, she, but then she said differentiate. I was like, wow, first of all, tongue twister. So, how the fuck do you even get those two mixed up? But she also just seems kind of stupid. I don't know. I thought she seemed pretty relatable at first, the way she was talking and, like, the aura she was giving. She does seem like a really big giver. Like, she gives a lot and doesn't receive a lot in return, which made me feel bad for her, especially with her story about her engagement and how it broke off. I think that that had made her really question her relationship expectations and what she was looking for and what she wanted. So I'm hoping this experience works out for her. I am, but I can't say it's with Shane either because it just seems like totally, utterly sexual. And that almost never works because like, okay, yeah, they're def- they definitely would have a physical attraction if they met in person, but I don't think that's going to translate to anything else. Like they really can't have serious conversations like him and Natalie. So, I'm hoping he makes the right choice. I will say that she was real quick to make it about other people, like her conversations with Shane, which I think is important because she has been broken in the past with an engagement, and I think she's just trying to get all of her questions and um, out, like, right away. And so, she was very quick to bring up Natalie, but I think it was a good thing because had she not brought up Natalie and just kept going along with it, I think that could have been super disastrous for everyone involved. But no, she brought her up and I was really proud of her that she took a stand and was like, I can't really stay in this. But yeah, I don't know. Her relationship with Shane just seems overtly and overly sexual, whereas Natalie seems like deeper. But I don't think that Natalie and Shane are going to have a physical connection. And both things are important to have. And both are lacking in different ways. So, that will be interesting to watch. I'm excited for that. And then we never really got to see a lot of Vito. I kept seeing his name come up. I kept seeing him in the men's quarters having conversations. He looks like an Italian stallion. And I'm like, why are we not seeing more of this guy? I want to. So, didn't get to see any of that. Didn't get to see any of Rocky. Didn't get to see any of Jason. It was just irritating. That's my biggest qualm with this show is not seeing everyone. And I really, really wish that they would do something about that. I don't know if it's Vanessa and Nick Lachey that's 
I think it's the producers. I don't know if they produce the show, but speaking of them, I also, like, lasting thought, I hated Vanessa Lachey's outfit. I hated it. I mean, she's so goddamn pretty, and she chose to wear that. It's just not what I was expecting. It, it was a turnoff. I was like, no. Like, this does not make people excited about finding love. <laughs> like, not at all. But other than that, I think it was a really good start to the show. I think we had a good taste of drama. We had a good taste of goofiness. We had a good taste of different people. Um, and we had hope. Like, I have a, so much freaking hope for Nick and Danielle. And that was definitely the rose of the episode was them. I thought they were so goddamn cute. And then the thorn had to have been Shane. Like, he just... <laughs> Shane or Shake? Shake was really bad. But Shake was kind of you know, like, what do you expect from a fucking house DJ? With Shane, I was like, you seemed like you were doing so well, and then you just completely disappointed me, and it reminded me that your gender is trash, simply. Like, that's all I could think about. But let me know your thoughts. I thought it was a great episode. I'm so excited to watch the next one, and I'm so excited to give you guys a recap of episode two. So be on the lookout for that next week. Um, But until then, I can't wait to watch another episode, and it's ginger spice and everything nice. See ya! (laughs) 